Well, good afternoon, folks. I've got a couple of Bible readings today, but each one is just one verse. And uh, the first one is in the New Testament in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. And I just want to look at the one verse today. There's quite a bit in this verse. Ephesians 6. Uh, what does it say? Ephesians 6 verse 12. And then later on we'll turn over to the Old Testament and look at a verse in the Old Testament. But Ephesians 6 verse 12 says... Sorry, I'm in the wrong chapter. <laughs> verse... 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So that's where our struggle is. And sometimes we feel that our struggles are elsewhere. But the scriptures are clear. For our struggle is against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And if you think that your problems and struggles are with the flesh and are of this world, then, folks, we need to think again. Our fight, our struggle is with the powers of this world, and the battle is not ours, but the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Sometimes we feel like we're in the midst of the battle, but the battle is the Lord's, and we need him to fight for us. He will do that. Psalm 121 says that he watches over us day and night. Because of Christ's victory over the evil powers, believers have courage and strength to resist them. And this passage is about the devil. It's about Satan. It's about Christ. It's about the weapons that we have. And we all encounter various problems as we journey through life. And as Christians, we do our best to overcome our problems and issues by using our own resources, coupled with prayer and fasting and reading of the word. In one sense, Christians are in continual warfare. And warfare is all around us, and we must fight to preserve the very fabric of Christianity. Romans 6 tells us that we must take control of fleshly desires and die to self, but put on God. It's not about me, it's about God in me. Fighting the old nature... Fighting the old nature will lead to defeat. 
Paul records his experience in Romans 7. But although God asks us to deal with the fleshly nature, this is actually not the battle for the Christian. Our warfare is not a matter of contending against godless uh, philosophers or crafty priests or Christ-denying cultists or infidel rulers. Our battle goes direct to the source that controls these people. And that's where we must be looking at. Our battle is against demonic forces, against battalions of fallen angels, against evil spirits who wield tremendous power. But I want to ask you today, who is in control of your life? Is it God or is it the world? Who is in control of your life? Though we cannot see them, we are constantly surrounded by wicked spirit beings. Although they cannot indwell a true believer, we are constantly surrounded by wicked, evil beings. They can oppress us. They can hassle us. They can cause us in some ways to change our thinking or or try to persuade us to go in different and specific directions. But we need to be ready. And the Bible talks about putting on armour, spiritual armour. And if we wear our spiritual armour, it says here at the end of uh, Ephesians 6, that... um, we will be able to repel the fiery darts of the evil one. I guess I can ask the question, do you want to repel the fiery darts of the evil one? I see people nodding. It's a good sign. We don't want to be controlled by the devil. But sometimes, you know, we have a slip up, don't we? And then we feel, hmm bit guilty oh dear I shouldn't have done that I should have known better and it's not that it's a deliberate thing but it's more like it's an accidental thing that sort of can slip out the apostle Paul speaks about fallen angels as principalities and powers he talks about fallen angels as rulers of the this darkness and this age and as spiritual hosts of wickedness who live in the heavenly places. I was talking to a man through the week. He told me that some years ago in a dream, his spirit left his body and he could see himself going up in his bedroom up through the roof of his house and then with tremendous speed he went into what's called the second heaven where all these spiritual beings live and act and he saw them but they couldn't catch him and he went and he went straight to the throne room of God and he sat in a room and talked to Jesus or Jesus talked to him and told him what his mission was and then he came back straight back into his body. Wow! 
This is the evangelist I had dinner with the other night in St. Arnold, and he travels all around. God said, I want you to go to Southeast Asia and, and do my work there. That's what he's doing. We live in a spiritual world, and folks, in fact, we are spirit beings, and our body is just the vehicle that carries us around. And when we die, we know that the body goes to the, back to the earth, doesn't it? Whether, whether you're buried or cremated, the body goes back to the earth. But the spirit will either go up or down. That's the sad reality of people who are not prepared. And if I want to ask you, are you ready to do battle or will you fold under pressure? Depends how strong we feel within us. Depends on do I have strong faith or is my faith not so strong? You know, we mustn't be complacent. Every Anzac Day we remember those men and women who went and fought and put their life on the line. Now, if they had been complacent, folks, we might be talking a different language. But they stood up. They stood up to be counted. But I want to ask you, in terms of your Christianity, how are you with complacency? Have you got your armour on? Or... Uh, or are you exposed or do you expose yourself to the enemy? Do you stand your ground or do you let the devil have a field day? Who is in control of your life? I want to swing over to the Old Testament. There's a story here that's pretty cool. 2 Kings 6, 17. And I just want to read the one verse, but then I'll relay to you the story about what this verse is all about. Second Kings six seventeen. And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around. Elisha. Now the story behind this verse is very interesting. This is the story of Elisha's miraculous powers that concerned his knowledge. Elisha had this knowledge of highly confidential military moves in the camp of the enemy. Elisha had that knowledge. Now, he wasn't given that knowledge by a spy. There was no spy in the camp. He was prophesied to. He's given the word by God. And Elisha trans... Um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Elisha went and gave that information to the king of Israel. And so when the army, so when the Israeli army came up against the enemy, they already knew what the enemy's plans were. The Syrian king was not impressed. 
because all his secret plans repeatedly became known to the king of Israel and he suspected that one of his men was a a spy for Israel. And when he learned that it was a prophet Elijah revealing his plans to the king of Israel, he was determined to capture Elisha at all costs. And he heard, like on the grapevine or through his spies, that Elisha was in this city called Dothan, D-O-T-H-A-N, Dothan. And there was a city not far north of Samaria. And so the evil king, he sent a band of marauders there to surround the city by night. Like he just didn't send one or two guys to get Elisha. He sent a whole bunch of, 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 like a battalion and they were surrounded the hills and they were were going to get Elisha one way or the other, or as my grandma would say, by hook or by crook. <laughs> so anyway, in the morning, Elisha's servant, he was terrified because he looked up and he saw all the enemies surrounding the city all around. And he's saying, Elisha, this is not a good day, mate. You know, I think we're in a bit of strife here. But Elisha wasn't worried. And he prayed to God that the servant's eyes would be open to the spirit world. Now, that's not something that really happens to people every day. It does happen, but it's a bit kind of rare. Anyway, so Elisha prays to God, God Open the eyes of my servant that he can see into the spirit world. And the servant was given this miraculous power. And what did he see? He saw a protective host of horses and chariots of fire sent by God to guard his people. Namely, Elisha. So... The servant was scared. He could only see by sight, not by faith. But when his eyes were opened. And what I want to say about this story to us is that there's things going on in the spiritual world that we are unaware of. But we become recipients of the effect of that. It could be... You know, a bit of bad language or it could be a, a, a lust of the eyes or lust of the flesh or, or, you know, it could be a temptation. It could be anything. And, but we don't really see it as the enemy evil spirits around us tormenting us and, 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 and taunting us. But just as when the servant's eyes were opened, to the spirit world, he saw that God's angels and everything was all around there. It's the same with us, folks. It is the same with us. Our fight is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And just as much as the devil is there to tempt us and to cause us to, you know, lessen our lifestyle or or make our Christianity less than it should be, God is there also. God is there also. And we need to be encouraged by that. Just because we can't see 
what God is up to doesn't mean that he's not doing something. So Elisha was not at all worried by the present situation. He encouraged his servant to stop being scared and he assured him that they had a force behind them that was superior to that of the enemy. Elisha prayed and the servant's eyes would be opened. Suddenly he could see what was normally unseen. What a sight. The hills around Dothan were filled with superior horses and chariots. These appeared as fiery agents of God revealing to the servant their super terrestrial origin. The Lord had surrounded the armies of Aram and God was in control. God was in control. I want to ask you, who is in control of your life? God or someone else? So, warfare is all around us and we must fight to to preserve the very fabric of Christianity. And although these Evil spirits cannot indwell a true believer. We are constantly surrounded by wicked and evil beings. They cannot, they can oppress us, they can hassle us. But the Lord had surrounded the armies of Aram and he was in control and the Lord will also surround you. So, what eyes do you look through? Do you look through natural eyes or do you look through eyes of faith? Elisha's present situation didn't look that flash, but he wasn't worried. What does your situation like? Are you worried? Have you committed your situation to God? There are evil spirits out there, but God's army of heavenly hosts is also there. And if Revelation 12.4 means that demons equal one third of angelic beings that means the devil is outnumbered two to one folks and even more because every believer that comes to Christ adds to the number the Christian life is a warfare it's a struggle not only with common calamities and inner desires but with opposing forces of the powers of darkness which seek to destroy the testimony of the believer. Do you want your testimony destroyed? No, of course not. You want to have a good testimony. You want to come to church in sharing time and say, the Lord did this, the Lord did that, blah, blah, blah. I lost my wallet and I prayed and I found it. Praise God. You know, we want to have good testimonies, don't we? That's what we want, good testimonies. It is necessary that the Christian soldier be faithfully strong. Don't just be strong, be faithfully strong. Be well armed with spiritual weapons which God supplies. We have two spiritual weapons. One is this book. It's called The Sword of the Spirit. It is a weapon. You know, when the devil tempted Jesus, Jesus quoted from the the scriptures and the devil took off. That's a good weapon. If you can make your enemy go away, that's a good weapon. The other weapon we have 
is access of prayer. We have prayer. We can talk to God. We can say, hey, God, help me in this situation or that situation. And we have the access to prayer. We have the word of God, the sword of the spirit, the revelations of scripture. So I conclude again by saying, who is in control of your life? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks today, Lord, for this for this passage of scripture, Lord, that shows us about the things that we cannot see with our physical eyes. But Lord, that the battle is yours. The battle is a spiritual one. We and you are spiritual beings. We pray, Lord, that as we journey through this earth, as we go through the days, uh, even the days of coronavirus, Lord, that you'll be with us, you'll strengthen us. Lord, that you'll raise us up, Lord, out of this present time of evil and that you will set us on a high place with you Lord that we would soar with you on wings like eagles that we would not be running around the ground pecking at the dirt like chickens but you have a place for us in your kingdom and we pray Lord that we can rise above evil and present powers with Jesus by our side we pray in Jesus name amen and amen Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast sermon. You can find more great messages like this on the Anchor podcast app and also on the Wattle City Church Facebook page. Thanks so much for listening and God bless you.